Hello and welcome to the SaaS Marketing Makeover. This is Garrett Mergut, and I am excited to be joined by Meg Cure. She has an amazing background, uh, especially around ABM, customer experience, and content marketing. So super excited to see what kind of insights she brings to the table today. Uh, but welcome, Meg. Glad to have you. We got you muted, Meg. <laughs> we'll try again. Oh, no. It's nice to have you. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Well, I still, as always, do not know who we're even on the wheel, let alone who's going to be. So do you kind of know what you're getting yourself into here? Are you ready to go? I'm, I'm all in. I like a good high wire act. Combine them. All right. Well, here we go. Ryan, show <laughs> us the wheel. Hey. All right. So the company today is Quip. Now, are we talking about the Quip uh, B2B or Quip the toothbrush? So I think there's two of them. I'm hoping it's B2B. Let me look at Quip. All right. Okay. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's uh, Quip the software product. So I'm going to share my screen real quick and we're going to take a look. So every happy customer starts with great teamwork. Quip for Customer 360 is a new way to collaborate in Salesforce that works from anywhere and get your business back to growth fast. So we've got sales, service, and it seems that they are all in on Salesforce. Wondering, oh, they were acquired by Salesforce. Okay. Have you ever heard of Quip before? Maybe? I got to be honest and say I haven't. I haven't either. So let's take a look at what they do and we'll have to figure this out for ourselves. So secure productivity for the enterprise. Quip is Salesforce productivity platform. I think I'm going to override my team here today, Meg, and we're going to look at a different one. What are my other options, Ryan? Take me back to the wheel. I don't want to use a company that's been acquired by Salesforce. <laughs> Take me back. What do we got? Is it all going to land on the same one? <laughs> I think it is. All right. Let's do – pause that screen for me, Ryan. Let me see it. All right. Let's do Unbounce. We can do Unbounce. Do you know Unbounce, Meg? I do. I do. Okay. Not to be dangerous. Let's do Unbounce. All right. Let's just make sure they haven't been acquired lately. Seems to be going right. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're good here. We're good here. I actually use Unbounce every day, but I haven't looked at their brand in a long time. I just kind of use the product. So, yeah, for those listening, Unbounce competes in the landing um, page software space. I think we have uh, a company called Instapage as well as the lead pages. Have you used any of these before, Meg? I can't say that I have, actually. So, I'll be learning on the fly here. Okay, so in our world of performance marketing, um, we do a lot of landing pages because it lets us not have to work through the client's development team or design team. So we mm -hmm. have our own design team internally, and we kind of make changes on the fly, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Now, one of the things I get excited about when I look at this is 
how they're going to position themselves. So they're doing this whole convert more mm -hmm. messaging instead of kind of a landing page messaging, which is right. Here's the value of Unbounce instead of what Unbounce does. What's mm -hmm. been your experience with messaging, Meg, that's uh, value-driven over use case-driven? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think there's a place for both um, because I think the first question that people ask when they see the value statement is, how are you going to do that? Right. But then if they just see the what you do, then the next question is, so why do I care? And I think so it's it's kind of interesting, I think, to say, how do you kind of combine the two? Um, but very often leading with a value, which in this case is a pretty strong proposition for what I assume is the audience they're going after, right? Convert more leads is, is kind of a big deal. Um, I think that that's an appropriate use of the value statement sort of front and center there. And so Ooh. when you think about that, right, it goes into what you said earlier. It's like, well, then what do you do? Do you yeah. believe in getting people directly into a product and trying to control that experience that goes straight to a trial that's your primary KPI? Or do you think it's better to have a dual call to action that maybe does a little bit more information on how your product does that? Or should you even go for more of an informational singular kind of call to action that gets them further down the value step or directly into what your KPI is as a marketer, but maybe not what the KPI of a customer is? What, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question too, right? So I think what you said earlier about use cases is the key to that. If I just say convert more leads, click here, see see the product. Like I don't have any context. I don't well, why, you know, okay, I can convert leads a lot of ways. Like why is your way better? Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that case, I need a little more context to decide if I'm ready to take a look at your product. So if you're pushing me straight to trial too early, I I won't say yes, you know, because I I don't know what I'm trying. Um, so that's where I think the use cases start to be really important, right? If I've got a strong value statement, convert more leads, or in this case, convert more customers I saw too, which I like. Um, if you've got that, then it's okay, how? And that's where you can talk about the customer or the prospect's use cases, right? What What is it that you're going to help me do? And then you can start to get me into, now that you know the things that I could do, the problems I could solve, the things that I could help you with, let me show you how our product is going to do that. And that's when that all important user experience comes in, right? If we've learned nothing from our product-led growth friends, it's that that's really important. But I do think that you've got to kind of not push people straight from big value statement to try this thing, right? And no, I totally agree there, Megan. I think one of the interesting things, let's see if they do this. I think the dilemma here that I find to be so interesting, I never actually put it this succinctly in my own brain. I needed to do a video or something else. Is like, Unbounce is making their KPI the customer's outlet. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the yep. marketing team at Unbounce is trying to drive net new customers through trials, right? That's their primary CTA. They're consistent in the top right versus the hero mm -hmm. section. They've mm -hmm. got that down. But what if that's not what I want to do as a user? Maybe I just want to learn more about Unbounce since I'm on a homepage, not a product page at this point. Yeah. And so yep. I think that's an interesting thing to think about. But one way you can try to do both is by having a trial page that sells you on what the product does. Does that kind of make sense? So let's see what that trial page is here. Yeah. And it's not a trial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to go to pricing here, it appears. Um, what's been your take, Meg, on, I don't want to call it lying to the customer, but saying one thing, like get started, but then it's a form that an AE has to call you with or 
you know, like language in your marketing that doesn't represent your reality? What's been your experience? Oh, it's always a mistake. Customers are smart, you know, assume they know what they're looking at, assume they know what they are looking Well, they may not know everything about what they're looking to buy, but they know why they showed up at your site. You know, there's a reason they went there if they went there directly or if they click through on something to get there. Um, and if you are doing some sort of a bait and switch in today's market, you're found out in like a nanosecond. It's just silly. Right. And in general, I think better transparency and and to use the overused word frictionless buying is kind of the key, especially at this kind of a price point. Right. I'm not going to spend like eight weeks researching something at the price points I'm seeing here. I just want to know, are you going to help me solve my problem? And do I trust you? I like this though, leaving and they have to check out the ROI. At least it fits the stage I'm in. Yeah, but for sure. That's I'm, a nice little nod to B2C, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I guess what I'm struggling with here, so you land on this unmounts page and what we're seeing out of other companies, right, is how quickly can I get you into my product? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is definitely not that, right? Because it's go yeah. to the pricing. And that's because they're trying to get rid of a sales. So they're doing this all self onboarding, right? There is no sales team if you think about it, mm-hmm. right? So you go here and now it's a sale. Like they are trying to accomplish a sale here with no sales team. What's your take on this whole, I actually don't see much of this, frankly, from working as many SaaS clients that I work with. I don't see that many people doing non um, like, a frictionless buying, which is ironically has tons of friction. Like what's your take on kind of trying to avoid having a sales team? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's different schools of thought on that. I'm going to pause on the page itself for a second here though, because I clicked on the same thing that you did, right? I'm looking, I'm, I'm following along at home. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, and you know, when I clicked on that page, it said, start my free trial. So what I was expecting was something that would let me do a free trial, but click on that, if you will, so that our our friendly studio audience can can click on at home. So I didn't get the ROI one when I went there, but what I did see is if you look at the top of the page, it gives me a price and it doesn't say, hey, your free trial is really easy. Go into it like this. Compare that to starting up with a Slack or starting up with a Zoom. They don't ask you for a credit card. Right. This is telling yeah. me, you know, essentially, I'm I'm going to expect that you're paying me. I'm not going to give you any value in advance of the paywall, essentially, even though they said it was a free trial. But um, and you're letting me sign up with email. But that's making me nervous because I'm looking at a number at the top of that page. And yeah. you know, I, I recently upgraded with both Slack and Zoom and I did not have this experience. They gave me months of value before they asked me for money. And I think that's kind of a big deal. They didn't need a salesperson. That was definitely frictionless, right? But they showed me value. They proved, yes, I do actually need to pay you because what you're giving me is worth it, first of all. And second of all, the additional features you've shown me I'd get by paying you are more than worth it. So easy, right? Um, Here, I don't know that yet. And you're asking me to convert before I've seen value. And I think that that's a big mistake. I love that. I think my thought here and I think could go to one of our first pillars is what if we just let them get the trial right away and we ask for money when they hit the publish button, right? So 
you could build your whole landing page, use the product, get the whole experience. And the moment you wanted to make money, right? Like if you make money, we should make money. I think that's a fair like way of doing value in B2B is if yeah. they're going to make money, you should make money, right? And then we charge, right? So this hop, this right here, this happens when you go to publish and then you have to select your plan. To me, that shows value, increases conversion rate and doesn't necessarily drastically hurt sales. What's your kind of take on that? I still feel like that's a little bit bait and switch, right? If you're freemium, you're telling me start my free trial. I assume that I can finish the job that I'm here to do when I start that free trial. And my expectation from other products that have free trials that are very easy to get to, um, and I'll even include like a Tableau in there, you know, there's definitely, there's plenty of them, right? Where you get a lot of value before anybody asks for money. You are sharing things, you are publishing things, you are participating in things. Um, so to put up a paywall right at the point where I've invested a lot of time and you know, what if I'm not ready? What if I don't know? Like, well, I've, yeah, I built the site, but I don't know if it's going to convert more yet. You told me I was going to convert more leads. You are not letting me publish a site so I can find out if indeed I will convert more leads. Maybe what I'd want to see is before I hit publish, hey, let's make sure we're doing a before and after comparison. Do you know how many leads you typically convert from a landing page today or whatever the right, you know, not too hard to find metric would be. Encourage people to put that in. So essentially, as they're taking advantage of the free trial, they're also building a business case for saying yes to you when you do come back to them for money in some period of time or after some volume of activity. So so like a DocuSign, yeah. right? They oh, yeah. give you a certain amount you can do. And then once you pass that, which presumably is because you're bringing in money, you know, and, and their product's part of helping make that possible, they ask you for money. Okay, that's fair, but they let me do something. In this case, if I can't hit publish, I'm not getting value yet. Experience the value. And so we need to do it at some yeah. point post value. I love that. Um, okay, now let's look at their bottom of funnel content and how they're attracting users, right? So we have our product, landing pages, pop-ups, smart traffic features, which isn't a separate section, which is interesting integrations. So, huh? So they've kind of like blended product landing pages, pop up sticky bars, and then features like a smart traffic is a new feature there. Plus their actual features plus integrations. That's kind of an interesting menu. Um, let's look at solutions. Well, e and I the ROI calculator that kind of does what I just suggested, but Here's the thing, and this was um, from my time at Serious Decisions, something that we saw in a lot of data. Um, ROI calculators offered super early in the buying process don't work because I'm not yeah. ready to share that data with you. And although this is, looks to be anonymous, so that's good. Like if I was going to, I'd want it to be done in this kind of a way. But yeah. this is the kind of thing where I would, I would want to be a little bit further along in the discussion. Like you said, hey, okay, let me try and build something. Let me see if I'm going to get better stuff. They can say, hey, wait a minute. Don't you want to know how well that page is going to do? Let's just gather these pieces of information. And it's, it's just slowly but surely asking you for more and more so that by the time you're done publishing your page, right, in a perfect world, You'd also have built the the foundational benchmark to beat. And then these guys could come back to you and say, by the way, look how well your page did. You beat this. Here's my bill. <laughs> you know, and I might be happy to pay it at that point. I love that. And you can even see they have this preview where you can use the product. Some of this stuff is really cool. It's a shame that it's so hidden in the conversion process. Yeah, that's where they have, like, front and center. Know? Tell me how easy it is to use your product. 
100%. 100%. So, you know, draw me in, make me want to play with it. You know, I think that's that's the thing too. Like with these other products, I don't have to give you any information other than a name and an email to see what it would be like essentially to be your customer. And in this case, it's a little harder to find. Yeah, 100%. And they have some cool things here, but it's not totally organized. And so, I'm curious yeah. to see how they do integrations because as someone who uses this, so I've used probably, I've built like over 500 pages in Unbounce with like yeah. easily. And one of the biggest issues you always have is like, we're talking to one of the largest data providers in the world right now. Um, and we're, we're in the final stages of that kind of buying process with them. And one of the questions they had today when we were talking with them was, you know, well, we can't use Unbounce. We've tried before and it doesn't work with our JavaScript. So I think, um, the form connection even more so like answering that question of will you hook up like so if you're working with a large SaaS company and they've got a custom back end right that they need to integrate to it's less about if you support a other product integration and more if you can support my onboarding since that's the point of the landing page is the onboard mm -hmm. what would we call that in your mind and how do we address that since i actually know as a customer working with massive spend accounts how important like the way they do any like product onboarding in the SaaS world well what what's your what what would we call that because it's not really integration is it so much because like integrations a lot of times like software to software integrations what if it's like yeah. what what's that word is it integration still like i mean connections of some kind or inputs yeah. or you know dependencies whatever you want to call it um, I don't know if we have a good name for that. That's actually a good question. I don't know what the name for that would be, but or maybe qualifying, you know, qualifiers, right? And say, hey, let's make sure it's going to work for you to work with us, right? And that's that's kind of the tone you want to be taking too with this kind of an audience, right? A marketing audience wants to be spoken to like a human, so you don't want to use like complicated words or too much buzzword bingo and all that nonsense. Um, but just tell me, hey, it, for us to make sure we can, you know, be the best provider for you, you're going to need to answer a couple of questions. If you don't mind, here they are and make it so easy, right? To say, what kinds of data are you working with? What other applications might you need to have involved? Again, let me see if I'm a fit and then tell me, you know, what I can do. I mean, first and foremost, right? You could see like when we, when we saw Quip before, right? They were all in on Salesforce. So the very first question you want to know the answer to is, um, do you have Salesforce? Or do you intend to have Salesforce? Because if the answer to either of those is no, I'm not going to waste your time. Well, what are what are similar answers here, right? Love that, Meg. I love that. Now, I just saw something I haven't seen before, which is at least in our world. I was scrolling on this really beautifully. Let's go back because I don't even know how. Now I'm like frozen. And oh, I'm nothing, nothing. I'm stuck on the ROI page. I can't seem to. I have to like go back. Actually, I can't even. I have to. So they sent me to a landing page, right? That that didn't have an escape yeah. hatch. So I'm 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 closing that window and I'm going back. And I'm I'm getting out of that pop-up and I'm getting out of my pricing window and I'm going all the way back to the home page. And now I'm gonna try and find what you were looking at because it looks pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm on learn marketing resources. And okay. what we see, right? We go to Unbound Conversion Benchmark Report, we click on it, and you have this really beautifully designed. I love it, it has all the different things kind mm -hmm. of and it disappears when I scroll. Awesome design. Yeah, I I like too like the spacing on this because it makes me want to keep scrolling. I like that a lot. No, it's great. And then boom, I'm done. So in your mind, what what's your take on this? Do you think it's worth the friction? 
to get the MQL or what's your kind of take on increasing friction to hit your own personal KPI versus adding value and letting value drive conversion? Like what's your thought on that? Oh, no contest. Let the value drive the conversion. MQL, I mean, listen, I was part of the company that put that language on the map, you know, um, and unfortunately, to a degree, it's outlived its usefulness, right? I mean, there's something to be said for marketing, sending over a name sales didn't know they should be calling. Um, but in the end, if I have a shared target account list with my sales team, which pretty much every company should have, or if in this case, I've, what it, I have what appears to be quite a broad target market, um, looks like more, you know, SMBs, maybe up into, um, you know, kind of smaller enterprise. But um, if that's who I'm looking at with this kind of a tool, I've got to get value first, right? There's no, an MQL doesn't matter because I don't want a sales rep calling you. I don't want to spend money on that. It, it appears they want you to do this via um, e-commerce. So why would I worry about that? Why would I gate that? You know, make it so easy. Um, and by the way, at the bottom of that page that I got was start my 14 day trial. So I've got in the corner looking at me, start my free trial. And then in the middle of this page at the bottom of all that lovely content was start my 14 day trial. So we also have like mixed messaging because it's start my free trial, but then you also then, yeah, they do hit you, I think across the board with 14 day as like a stage two of the same CTA, which is yep. interesting on my mind around like, why not just stay consistent, start 14 day trial. Um, now we have kind of two points here. I think one is like, let's decrease friction on our content. You have this yeah. amazing piece, let's let everyone use it. And let's trust that our retargeting, that our brand and that our value proposition is so strong that we don't have to. It's just ironic that they're asking for the emails and everything when they don't have a sales org, it looks like conceptually, you know what I'm saying? So if all of it is trial, not demo, why gate content? My brain doesn't quite get that. If that makes sense, like you have an yeah. SDR team, but not an AE team. Like that's kind of a weird way to go about onboarding. Um, and things like that in my mind. Um, but is there anything else that you see as we kind of are coming up on our 30 minutes that like stands out to you, make around like gaps in the sense of like, we got two things, right? We have like, let's get to the point of value in our trial. And I think that's a huge point you brought up. You also yeah. talked about let's decrease the friction and let our content's value speak for itself. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that as well. Is there a third thing that you see here that kind of stands out to you at all? Yeah. Well, one thing I like here, if I go to the solutions tab, I like that they have um, under solutions, both industry and use case. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say um, industry is pretty broad, though. E-commerce, SaaS, or agency, that's really broad. So is there a narrowing of that where you might give me some different content based on kind of who I am? And then um, you got your your use cases. Um, so that's good. I, I would say, though, you know, the key with that kind of a content strategy, if you're saying and, and I feel like the world has kind of agreed that ungating content is key. Content wants to be free. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give an email for some content, but certainly if I'm just getting started, I, I'm not maybe there yet. And you don't want to talk to me yet because I'm unqualified. So what are you going to do with that email? You know, better to ask me if I want to sign up at the end of reading your content for a way to stay in touch or something else of value that you could give me or send me. Remind me that it's so fast and easy to try your product. Um, but I would I would kind of also go back to your original list, right? Like don't don't ask for money too early, show value. 
Um, but then it really does go to and wow them with the experience of the product. That's yeah. I've been really shown to win the day in this kind of a buying experience where you want to get people in, you want to get them using the product, um, just make that experience so good. And then also provide the support after that person said, yes, they've given you their email to try the product. That means they're pretty well qualified. Then start providing them additional support, keep them on the path to good map out. Okay. When somebody does convert to, um, to paid from trial, or when somebody goes from package to package up the value chain, you know, higher lifetime value from that customer, what do they do? What are the things we share with them that helps them get that value, makes them want to stay, makes them want to grow? Um, and I think anticipating those requirements and bringing them to me then, because I may not know what to look or ask for, that's really key. Yeah. No, I love that. I think like they do have this great experience, right? Where I'm on this preview and I can see the product and I start to imagine it. I guess my third thing is let's bring that to life. Like why not have that as a dual CTA, right? Like you could yeah. still have start my trial and actually have it be a trial or explore the product, right? Preview the tool. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it works. Like, look how great this is. Like, I can play with the whole thing. I can edit it. Like, it's simple to use. I mean, it's a great freaking product. Why not let people actually, like, use it? You know what I'm saying? And even maybe then have a save button so they could show it to their manager or something. And when they save it, now you can ask for an email, right? Those are those moments to me where you can create a lot of that value. And then this preview fits into your and I's new free trial. So now they've already built their first page, they've experienced value, they've started their trial. To me, that's just a easier, seamless way to get people into our funnel. Yep, I couldn't agree more. You're exactly right, right? Like, don't make me give you information until I'm good and ready. I may not be ready for a trial, but make it so that I can see how cool your product is, to your point. If you've got a cool product, let people use it. Give them a sample. Um, and I see people sometimes trying to get away with that via videos that kind of walk you through screenshots of the tool. But those things try to cram so much into so little time that um, they kind of give me a taste for the tool. But I would actually tell people show less, like show parts of the product in multiple videos. Then like don't try to cram everything into the one three minutes, you know, because it's so hard to get get the value. But I like what you're talking about better. Give me give me sort of the equivalent of a sandbox to play in. And then say, hey, did you like that? Let's try a trial. Or do you want to share that with someone? I love that idea of sharing it too. One of the things we should always be thinking about with our buyer is whose permission do they need to get to say yes to the money? And then thinking about what they're going to need to do to get that person to say yes or getting that people, right? Even in um, really sort of lower value B2B transactions, we know that it's typically more than one person who's got to say yes. Um, so even if it's just two, like make it so that that second person has no reason to say no. I love that. And I think, too, one of my things is like, they have a reason for doing all this. I know that people yeah. are they're really sharp and they're testing a lot of things. Yeah. I think one of the hard parts, Meg, that I struggle with testing, too, and I think, you know, it's it's easy for us to sit here and do the audit, right? Because we're not close to it and we can always see it. With a little bit yeah. um, is how we determine how a test wins. Because a lot of those tests, you can't tie to revenue like you wish. Yeah. In other words, would you have made more revenue on gating that world-class conversion report you made than if you gated it? Because just because you get more people to give you information to read it doesn't mean you created more value by restricting the amount of readers 
yeah. you actually are able to accomplish. So how in our mind can we think about attributing the value of our content if we don't get someone's contact information in 2020? What are some things that people can be thinking about when, when mapping out the impact of content? Because right when they haven't gated, for all gating's flaws, it gives marketers a little feather in the cap of like, yeah, but look how many MQLs we got from our content. Yeah. Regardless of if like, as a guy who manages SDRs sometimes myself, <laughs> there's no SDR that's like, oh my God, thank goodness I got another conversion report lead. These are my favorite. Anytime I call them, they're like, oh, the report, yeah, I read it all. So ready for this conversation. Well, let me start a demo, right? It doesn't work yeah. that way. So like. How can we think about this differently if we're not going to gate our content? How do we understand the value it's having on pipeline? Yeah, you got to really analyze your buyer's journey. And it's so here's the good thing about a lot of sales cycles moving almost completely online, right? You mm -hmm. can know every single thing that happens because it happens online and you can track it, right? From the earliest showing of intent to the late stage meeting or the video you sent somebody's boss. Like, you know what happened, you know when it happened, you know how many times it happened and you know where it went, right? So if you can track all of that, you can literally know what things you've created or what experiences you're offering or what interactions people are having that contribute to a win. So yeah. that's the homework that companies have to do. I mean, especially now that we know that our, our buying cycles are online, like that's, that's going to be a given. If you want to yeah. optimize that, you need to measure it. But what it means is you have to stop worrying about taking credit for a single asset or activity being the thing that contributed to the win. We have to say, yeah. all of these are part of the buyer's journey. And I know that sounds really fluffy to people. I know because they're like, no, I just want to say like, what was my white paper worth? Nothing in and of itself, really, you know, it, but if it is part of 80% of your wins, that at some point, one or more people in the buying group, look at that white paper or whatever the asset is, you know, pretty sure that's worth something. Do you need the dollar value to decide it was worthwhile? I think you got to look at your overall customer acquisition cost, see where that money is going, and then see if the places where that money is going contribute to a win. And if the value of those wins and the lifetime value of those customers is at the right ratio with the cost to acquire them. Yeah, I love that, Megan. I think the coolest part of content that I'm getting excited about, especially for software companies, is the post-sale. So like looking at how many of the customers that renewed engaged with your blog. Because I think when you can start to look at the impact we have beyond just acquisition, but also expansion and growth, especially where we know our cash comes from as a software company, is not in that initial acquisition, but the expansion and the renewal. And yep. it's after that payback period. So I think that's really a, a, an interesting point. Now, in closing, the team's been working hard behind the scenes. So I'm <laughs> going to pull up their PowerPoint that they built while we were talking. And we're going to look at our presentation here for the SaaS marketing makeover for Unbounce. So what's the research showing? Appropriate use of value statement. Awesome. Trying to drive new leads. However, that's not what their user is there for. So, you know, it's their KPI, maybe over the user's KPI on the homepage. And can mm -hmm. we upgrade to a double CTA here for various experiences? Interesting question. So what we saw, effective ROI calculator on the pricing page, smart people, self-onboarding directly from pricing page, buy to the sales team, start free trial, or is it? Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, for sure. And then show me how easy it is to use your product, right? They have this lovely preview 
section that they're not really frankly leveraging. So, ooh, I like this form connection. So maybe take them through a quick quiz, form fill, show the customer that they're fit. Um, yep. This amazing piece of content, right? But pretty high friction. Like I didn't get really any of the value before I got blocked. And then a little clarity in the trial messaging, right? Like, is it 14 days? Is it free? Is it five days? Like, are we being consistent there? Now, I think your point on value, Meg, was great here, right? Essentially, let, like, trigger trial ending based on product usage, not based on time. I think it's in its simplest form, right? It's not based on 14 days. It's based on, like, after you've sent more than 10 visitors to the page or after you've gotten X amount of conversions, then we try to charge them. Uh, I, th I thought that was interesting. Then let the reduce friction and then wow them with the experience of the product. Oh, now, I just you know what too, yeah. this, if you, if you really believe that there should be a salesperson of some kind involved in the conversation, if you've got somebody who comes in, does the trial, doesn't see the conversions, then having that rep calling up with, hey, would you want to talk about five ways that I think we could get more conversions on your page and try it out? I take and that call. You can look at the mix panel, see every person who's in a trial category who's having low product usage or low success, and you can just put them in a in a sequence. Right? Like all those things are totally doable. It just goes down to how complex we want to try to make this experience or how yeah. customer-centric we want to make it. Because I... I think we're we're overweighting our KPIs and maybe underweighting the customer KPIs in our current system. Absolutely. And so cool product, love lets people use it and let them see how they can take our tool to go to the next level. So whew, the makeover is complete. Any final thoughts, Megan? No, just thanks to the good folks at Unbounce for being good sports about letting us uninvited um, critique your site, but it's cool stuff and really great content and you have a huge opportunity. So obviously you're doing great already, but hey, keep yeah. going. I love and it, I love it. Me. Well, thanks for joining us today, Meg. Uh, we got your links right there, but how can people get a hold of you um, and, and interact with you? Yeah, you know what, LinkedIn's great, um, easy to find, you know, please keep in touch and um, yeah, always happy to hear what challenges people have and, and see if I can help. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on with us today, Meg. And that right there, my friends, is the SaaS Marketing Makeover. Bye. Bye.